Welcome to the Learning Unlocked podcast, presented by Open Sesame. Taking a deep dive into the global world of learning and development with practical tips and tricks, along with insights from leading brands and the people that make them work. This is Learning Unlocked. Now, here's your host, Brian Berger. My guest is Rocky Romanella. He is the CEO and speaker, and he's also the author of Tighten the Lug Nuts. You can find more about this book at tightenthelugnuts.com. He's the founder of 360 Management Services, Inc. He had a 36-year career with UPS where he went from a part-time loader and unloader to president and GM of the UPS Supply Chain Solutions and president of global retail operations. He also led one of the largest rebranding initiatives in franchise history, the UPS Store revolutionizing the $9 billion retail shipping and business market. Rocky, thanks so much for joining us on the Learning Unlocked podcast. How are you? Oh, Brian, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure, and I look forward to speaking with you today. All right, so I've got to start with your path from part-time loader and unloader to president and GM at UPS. That is not an easy jump to make. I know it's probably a long story, but how do you get there, and how do you have the perseverance to get there? Well, you know, it started with uh, my dad saying to me, uh, you know, uh, one of my kids is going to college. It's going to be you. You're the oldest, but we got no money. <laughs> so uh, I had to figure out a way to pay my way through school. And UPS afforded me that opportunity working part time. A good friend of mine got the job there first. And we all basically there was about 20, 25 uh guys I went to high school with, people I went to high school with, and we all started working at UPS on loading trailers. And interestingly enough, he told me two things, my dad, that stuck with me my whole career. One is he said to me, hey, whatever they ask you to do, say yes and thank you, and then learn your job and learn some more. And so that was the advice he gave me, and it stuck with me. And fortunately, UPS uh, had a promotion from within policy, which you know I took advantage of. And so every time UPS would tap me on the shoulder, and tell me they had a new responsibility or another opportunity. You know, I would think, I'm not sure, am I ready or am I the right person for this job? But all I could hear my dad saying was, hey, whatever they ask you to do, say yes and thank you. So I would look at him and say, well, if you think I'm the right person, let's do it. So uh, you know, I was fortunate to have those opportunities and took advantage of the promotion from within policy. We moved nine times throughout the country uh, with UPS and took on many interesting assignments because of it. Uh, so I think that the uh, I was fortunate that I found a company that had that approachment within policy. And the lesson I learned there that I, that I think is such an important lesson is there are times that you have to believe in your, in your people until they're ready to believe in themselves. And UPS believed in me well in advance of me believing in myself. So how did you get to that point where you believed in yourself more? Was it just learning more about the business and observing others? How did you get to that point where you believed in yourself more? You know, you start to get that confidence and that knowledge and you realize that, you know what, you're going to make mistakes. And I think the thing I learned that was so important was A, UPS believed in me, but B, you know, the biggest thing I knew knew was what I didn't know. And so don't ever be afraid to ask for help. Don't afraid to be that person who, you know, seeks out advice from other people. And so for me, that was my lesson that I learned that, you know, it's important for you to understand your strengths and weaknesses and then seek those individuals who can help you and never be afraid to ask for help. And I think that was something that really helped me. So I always, always tell people, Hey, 
a lot. The biggest thing I know is what I don't know. And so I try to surround myself with and engage with those individuals who are willing to help me. And then vice versa, I was always willing to help anyone I could because I enjoyed that ability to get help from other people. And so I think that becomes then that two-way street. And then, you know, I think naturally then you move into that mentorship uh, and, those, and, and that aspect. And one other thing, uh, you know, Brian, I went originally went to college to be a high school history teacher and a baseball coach. Huh. And so I learned early on that the best leaders were those individuals who can get their people to connect the dots like a teacher does. You know, teachers love those those moments where they see the light bulb going off, you know, over their students. And so for me, uh, you know, that was my passion teaching, but I love coaching. And so for me, I never gave up my coaching and teaching passion. I just did it in a different venue. It just happened to be a business venue. So I always have my fix of teaching and coaching. It just was inside, you know, a, a business setting versus on the field of play or in the classroom. So when you were at UPS, you helped revolutionize the retail shipping business, as I pointed out earlier. You know, Rocky, the pandemic caused a huge spike in shipping and deliveries. How do you see this space growing? And and take yourself back to when you revolutionized this space. And did you ever see it becoming what it's become now? Well, you know, I think e-commerce is here to stay. And I think that people enjoy the opportunity to sit there and, you know, at their kitchen table or, you know, in the confines of their own home and shop and, and be able to go through and look at the different options. And so I think e-commerce is booming and I think e-commerce will boom. Do I think it'll be to this extreme? Maybe not. I think that people still do enjoy going in and, and going into a mall, maybe not as many or as large, but they still enjoy that practice and still like to feel and touch and look at, uh, I would say part of the, um, you know, that, that whole, you know, exercise to do those kinds of things. I think the difference with e-commerce and the successful e-commerce is you have to understand the complete cycle of e-commerce. And I think that's where the UPS store fits in so well. And it was such a great opportunity, not only for UPS, but for the wonderful franchisees uh, who, who run those stores. I mean, you will know, in fact, UPS, the UPS store is 100 percent franchisee owned or are no corporate stores. Uh, most franchise organizations have corporate stores to test things. The franchisees inside that network were always looking to do more things and do things better. And so they were always willing to participate in tests. But I think the full cycle, to answer your question, is the key to e-commerce. What I mean by that is the forward, the forward part we all understand. Go online, place an order, and then I have the opportunity to understand when I'm going to get it and maybe even be able to direct when I'm going to get it. Is it going to be a next day product? Is it going to be a three-day select or second day air? Or is it going to be a ground product? That all makes perfect sense to us. It's the reverse that becomes the issue, which is the returns. If you can really nail the returns process, well, then you make that process uh, so much better, right? Because you're going to have a return, whether it's the wrong size, you don't really like the way it looks, the way you thought it would, and now you have to return it, or there could be a damage or a faulty product. The return side is so important, and that's what makes the UPS store, and I would say, Brian, that's the thing that really exploded, and I think really shows the um, the great, you know, the great opportunity that exists with this network of UPS store owners, because take an example would be Apple. You know, if you got to return your Apple product, I mean, you certainly go to a genius bar, or you go online, you, you make your phone call, 
And based on your zip code, they direct you to the closest UPS store. And then you bring it into the store and that all becomes a seamless process and it's all recorded. So you have a record of returning it. Uh, Apple now has a record of it coming back for a return. So that process becomes just an outstanding process. So now the cycle is complete, right? You had a good experience on the front side. But now you, you took a service disconnect of where maybe the wrong size, the wrong product, or it was where it needed to be uh, fixed or upgraded. Well, now it becomes a positive on the reverse side as well. And I think UPS store plays can play in both of those, right? They can be a, a delivery location for you if you're working and you know, you you the product could be sitting there in a store, or it certainly could be there on a reverse side. And that, to me, was the home run. We always thought that could be could be a, a big part of the process, but never to the degree it is today. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Diversity, equity, and inclusion continues to be a top priority for businesses everywhere. Open Sesame has created a survey that will give you insight into where your organization stands on diversity. Aside from being educational, this survey is a powerful tool to help you understand areas of improvement and spark conversations about strategies for creating a more inclusive and equitable workplace. After you take the short survey, you'll get access to Open Sesame's DEI Toolkit, an online hub where you can find additional resources. Visit OpenSesame.com today to start your survey. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. Take me into the mindset of when you're going to reimagine something. Because a lot of companies get stuck in the mud. They do the same thing the same way for a number of years. And they just can't get into that process of reimagining what their business could look like. You are someone who's done that. How do you get into that mindset where you can reimagine? I think the first thing you do, I know this is going to seem a little strange, but I go back to my UPS roots. So my UPS roots, right, before we could become a full-time supervisor, we became, we were a driver. We became a full-time driver. So I was, I, I grew up in Jersey. I started UPS in New Jersey. And so my first full-time job inside of UPS was a UPS delivery driver. Loved the job. But it taught me you know, our business. It taught me how our business works. And that that's that's the brand, right? You know, you see a UPS driver, he or she delivers that package and, and that becomes UPS brand. So when it comes to answering your question, I always start at the beginning. So for example, when we purchased mailbox, et cetera, in those days, then we branded to the UPS store. First thing I did was put on an apron and go work in a store. Hmm. When I when I when I got the opportunity to work in the UPS supply chain side, the, you know, the first thing I was go down and pick an order. Tell me how this works. How do we do these things? Because then that begins to open up. Well, what are the other things we could do? So once you went into a UPS store and you saw the interaction of the franchisee and their customer and understood that they had a great working relationship, they had that entrepreneurial spirit. You know, they were, you know, part of the community. You started to think to yourself, well, what are the other things that they can do based on their strengths? When we got into the supply chain side of the business, we had, you know, we bought over 20 companies and I was part of the integration of those companies. And then I ran this side of the world for UPS on the supply chain side. You start to think to yourself, well, what are some of the other things? We were in the traditional, you know, verticals such as retail you know, uh, high tech, um, you know, transportation. 
But I started to think to myself, well, wait a second. We're a compliant company. We're a benevolent company. We're a good company. And we follow the rules. That's one thing about UPS. You follow the rules, right? Well, you know, I started to think, well, why not get into healthcare? I mean, there's an aging population. You know, people are going to need their medications. And oh, by the way, the drug and pharma companies were going direct to consumer, right? You can't put on TV anymore now, Brian, without seeing a commercial, right? You know, hey, if you don't, you can't sleep at night. And right. you, you, you see Abraham Lincoln and that little, you know, you must be needing this. And you go to, and it, go, to your, go ask your doctor if you need this. So you, they started to go to consumer. And to me, knowing the people, knowing the way we do business, knowing our core values of a company, it just made sense. We should be deeper and wider into pharma. And so we made uh, made the recommendation that hey we should build out the we should build out the the healthcare side of our business. And today, years later, it's with you know great pride you look at UPS being so involved with the vaccine distribution. So I think it starts with with getting to the basics, understanding your roots as a person and as a company, and then how that all meshes together. And then frankly, talking to people inside the organization. Hey, what do you think? You know, I think this is really fits our core values because it's about your core values as a company. Those are the things you should and in understanding who you are, what you know, what you stand for and what you won't compromise. And since we would never compromise, you know, our values, or our ethics, we would never compromise compliance. Being in the pharma business then, or being in healthcare makes a lot of sense because those are things you can't compromise. Great advice. Uh, in your book, Tighten the Lug Nuts. You talk about the principles of balanced leadership. So the question begs, what makes for a good leader? So I think a leader is that's balanced is so important because when you go student body left, student body right, or swing side to side, I think that just sends your people, there's a lot of confusion. And then what ends up happening a lot of times, Brian, people wait you out, right? You're only adopters. They're, only, they're adopting quickly. Right, but there's 20% of people that will just be on the side and saying, "I ah, just, you know, just wait a minute, it's going to change anyway." So it's the people in the middle, that 60% that you're trying to kind of identify with and get them to understand what you're trying to accomplish. And so balance is so important. And I think there's three key constituents that must be considered in all the decisions that you make. One is your customers, right? You want to think like a customer. Two is you want your people to feel like valued individuals. But you want to act like an owner in all your decisions. So if this was your candy store, would you make that decision? And so for me, you know, in all the decisions I would make, I would make sure that I was in balance. Are our customers represented? Are our people represented? Or are our shareholders, stakeholders represented? Am I acting like an owner? A quick example would be if you brought me, a, let's say, a new product or service to, that we were going to try inside our organization. You know, I would listen to your presentation. Most likely you had a marketing or sales organization, you know, kind of deck put together and, you know, okay, the, the customer's represented well, how that product fits into our portfolio, why it's an important product. Of course, the CFO, he or she's pounding on a calculator at that price point, this number of sales, we can absolutely certainly uh, make some money on it. My next question would be, well, how about our people? Do they understand why it's a product that's important? Do they understand how to handle service disconnects? So you'd want to make sure all three constituents would be represented and then finally, I'd ask you, Brian, I'd say to you, okay, so the customers are represented, our people are represented, shareholders, stakeholders are represented. My last question to you would be, hey, if this was your candy store, would you write this check out of your own personal checking account? Hmm. And so that, that's that ownership piece. And if 
most most times you would say, yeah, absolutely. I think this is the right thing for us to do. Okay, I know you're bought in. I know that you're committed. Every now and then, though, Brian, you do get someone who will say to you, nah, I'm not sure I would do this. Right. And then you look at them and you say, well, wait a second. You just presented me why we should do this. Why aren't you willing to do that? Yeah. They were saying, well, you told me you wanted, you know, we need a new revenue stream. You, you know, we talked about, you know, new products or services. But I'm not sure I would do this. Okay, well, if you're not ready to do it, I'm not doing it. And every now and then you'll have a situation where a person, you may not think it's exactly the right product or service or the right decision, but it's a decision that isn't going to hurt the organization. So it's important then, okay, hey, if you think this is the right thing to do, you're this committed, I'm in with you. Because if every time somebody brings you a new idea, you always tell them, nah, I don't know. No one will bring the ideas anymore. So you right. want to try to find you want to try to find ways to have them bring you ideas and thoughts that you're willing to, to try. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Open Sesame helps companies develop the world's most productive and admired workforces. How? By having the most comprehensive catalog of e-learning courses from the world's top publishers, publishers like TED and Harvard. And having courses that cover learning topics like diversity, equity, and inclusion, leadership development, safety and compliance, and wellness. Try a course for free today by visiting opensesame.com backslash course of the week. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. You seem like such an outgoing person, a good communicator. What's the best ways to communicate with your employees? Well, I think, it, A, you have to, you know, kind of be in your comfort zone, right? Because people see right through when, when you're not genuine. And people have to understand that things that you do stem from an honest heart. So, so I think it's important for you to be yourself. But I also think there are things. So, for example, I'm a keynote speaker and, uh, you know, I do a lot of training workshops. But but if you went to high school with me, I would be the last person you would think would be a keynote speaker. Were you an introvert? Yeah, I was kind of that guy. When, back in the Christmas play, I went to Captain Grammar School. Christmas play, I, I, can I just be like the baby Jesus? Just laying there in bottle and clothes, you know, I don't. And Lord, can I just point? Can I just point to the star? Hey, star David. But, but I realized early on that it was important for if I was going to be a good leader or attempt to be a good leader, I had to work on my communication skills in larger groups. And so I just worked on it as best I can, forced myself into those uncomfortable situations. And then, and then as I kind of was growing through UPS, many times I ended up being a designated speaker on behalf of the organization. So you got you just practice that. And my trick for me personally is I'm a much better one-on-one communicator, Brian. So when I'm giving a keynote speech, and some of them were large enough, five, six, seven hundred people in an audience, I just pick out people's faces and look at them. Right. And so I, I, I kind of visualize me talking one-on-one, even though there's 599 people next to me. Kind of just block the other people out. Yeah, in some ways, it's funny because people will come up to me afterwards and say, yeah, I thought you were talking right to me. And I'm thinking, yeah, I kind of was. <laughs> I kind of needed that. But uh, yeah, you kind of, you just try to see their faces and try to communicate with them. And you try to, so that was sort of my trick. But well, you just have to practice at it because there are times when you'll need, you know, one-on-one communication skills. There are times when you'll need group skills. And so I think it's important, whichever one, we always kind of move to our strength can become our weakness if we're not careful. And so if our strength is one-on-one communication, 
we may avoid the group communication that we have to have. And yeah. then, uh, you know, so I think that's why you have to work at it. Yeah. And it's just interesting, you know, during this pandemic, it used to be a lot of people were in the office or they were in person and now there's so much more virtual or hybrid. So it's a different form of communication with people. Yeah, I think and that's I would say that's what keeps me up a little bit. That's what keeps me up awake a little bit. Because I think what ends up happening is as I talked about when you asked me the question about balanced leadership, it's the same with you know, balance is good, extremes are no good in either case. And my concern is that while I don't think we'll get to that point where everybody was in an office like it maybe was prior to pandemic, I, I think hundred percent virtual isn't the right answer either, right? Because people still need those those communications that are so important. Unfortunately, we still have to have those difficult conversations with individuals who may be a little bit off plan or maybe struggling that need our help and we have to have those conversations. I think, you know, you don't send someone a text, hey, nice job, you got a 3% raise. Those are conversations that you have to have. And I think, and and I think from a team building perspective, I think you may not come into the office every day, but I do think it's important for you to see the rest of your team at times, interact with the rest of your team. So there's got to be some balance there where, okay, we're not going to be in 100% all the time, but certainly never coming in the office would seem like a difficult way to build a team. Or So I think it's going to be, I think it'll get itself to some place where you'll have some more balance. Last question for you. Uh, the pandemic reset a lot of things, and we've talked about some of those things during this conversation, but what are some of the biggest resets that you've seen since the pandemic struck? Well, I, I think a couple things. I think number one is I think people under really understand that, for example, take safety. Most organizations talk about safety. They talk about, you know, safety of their people, whether it's, for example, in a UPS, it's, you know, it could be, you know, lifting and lowering techniques. It could be driving. But I think now we also are, we also think a lot about safety as it pertains to our customers, you know, interacting inside of our organizations or visiting our place of business. So I think that that's, you, you look at things now much more from a customer perspective besides, you know, outside of just service. It's about, are they, do they feel safe inside our place of business? And does that differentiate my place of business versus somewhere else. And I think the obvious would be the restaurant, right? Brian, you go to some restaurants that you, you just felt safer as things started to open up. So I think that would be one. It's, it's looking at it from the perspective of a customer in a broader sense than just the just service. I think the communication skills are going to be challenged as, as you, you spoke about. I think you're going to have to work at your ability to communicate in a virtual sense or make the time to have those conversations with individuals. And then I would say the last thing for me is when you think about people working virtually, uh, I think the good employees are always going to be your good employees, but you have to pay attention to them more now than ever, because if you think about working virtually, at least when you left the office or you left the place of business, you had that drive time. Maybe you could have some time at home with your family. You, but now your laptop's open 24-7. Right. And you're all, it seems like you're always on. And you have to be concerned about that, right? You have to be concerned about that individual who's your high performer. And he or she may be even, maybe even working more than they ever did before. The person who was a problem person before is that person who, when you keep asking, well, you know, 
how come your camera doesn't work on the Zoom call? It's probably because they're in Costco. <laughs> so they're the same problems they were before. They, they're just in a bigger problem. Right? <laughs> hey, can you turn your uh, camera on? No, I don't understand. My camera doesn't work. Okay, you're the only one that has a laptop. The camera doesn't work, right? Okay, I got it. So, I, you know, who's paying attention? Those kind of things. So I think that, you know, I, I, I do think as a leader, it, you have to pay attention to what your people are doing and making sure that the good people just aren't doing, you know, more and more and more without getting a recognition or you saying, Hey, you know what? We need some time. Hey, take this weekend. I don't want to see any more emails from me on a weekend. Go enjoy your family. Rocky Romanella, longtime executive at UPS, author of Tighten the Lug Nuts. Find them at tightenthelugnuts.com and founder of 360 Management Services, Inc. Rocky, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, you're just uh, a brilliant guy, and I like how you communicate with people, and uh, I think we all learned a lot today. Well, thanks, Brian. My pleasure. And if I can ever be of assistance to you or your audience, or if there's a topic that comes up that uh, you'd like to discuss, hey, count me in. Thank you so much, Rocky. All right, be safe. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Learning Unlocked, presented by Open Sesame. Download this and every episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learning Unlocked is produced by Griggs Productions.